Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. This morning, why don't you find the Old Testament book of Kings and go to chapter 17. And uh, which kings? Would King David be fine? No, which kings? There's one or there's two kings, aren't there? How about 1 Kings? Did I not say that? 1 Kings chapter 17, go there. Thank you, Pastor Jerry. All of my big words I get from him. What is it they call someone like him? A polymath? You know, someone who's like really intelligent in a lot of areas, praise God. That's Pastor Jerry for us, praise the Lord. Lord, forgive me for lying. Find First Kings chapter seventeen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, let's get into the word. Amen. I'm going to talk to you this morning. Uh, if I had to title it, and I guess I will, uh, I'm going to call it "Provision Follows the Will of God." And about how, if we'll just stay in the will of God, everything that we need will come to us. But the key is staying in in, in the will of God. And so I'm going to read several passages, several verses here in 1 Kings chapter 17. But if you have your Bible, read along with me. I'm reading out of the King James Bible, uh, the old King James, but yours will read, you know, if you have a different one, read close to this. 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 1 says, And Elijah the Tishbite, whatever a Tishbite is, but a friend of mine said he must be an Old Testament weatherman because he said it wasn't going to rain. So anyway, a Tishbite, the Tishbite who was of the inhabitants of Gilead said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now we know it was like three and a half years that it didn't rain. And so great famine in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, Get thee hence, or from here, and turn the eastward, and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. And so he went and did according to the word of the Lord, uh, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And after a while, it came to pass, after a while, that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. For behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Now stop and pause just for a minute. It didn't seem like the widow woman had heard, but God said, I commanded her to. Because when he got there, she said, I don't have anything to help you. And, and he arose and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, hey, guess what? Behold, the widow woman was there, just like God said. She was there gathering the sticks of sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as he was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God lives, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, a little oil in a cruise, 
and behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and for my son that we may eat it and die. So her expectation wasn't like through the roof, right? Elijah said unto her, verse 13, Fear not, but go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. And a CNN reporter got a hold of it and said, Preacher takes widow woman's last biscuit. Verse 14, I added that, that's a more modern translation. For thus says the Lord, God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and her house, and, and, and she and he and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. The cross reference says that it lasted about a whole year. Now, here's the man of God. He prophesies about drought. The only problem is, is he lives where he prophesied. And his prophecy, unlike so many today, his came to pass. And uh, he goes and, you know, he goes to this widow woman. He, well, he goes to the brook because God said, go to the brook. And so he goes to the brook and there ravens bring him bread and flesh. Meat-eating birds bring him food. And so eventually because of the drought, that the brook dries up. And so the Lord says, now you go to this widow woman. I've got a woman there that will sustain you. And uh, he goes and, you know, of course, this little widow woman doesn't have anything because of the drought. What she told was the truth. I've just got just enough for me and my son and we're going to eat it. And we're going to die because there's dead people all over the place, you know. And at least Elijah had enough sense to say, I know I prophesied that. I got, I'm a good prophet, aren't I? No, he kept his mouth shut. And, and he just said, you, do, you go ahead and do as you said, but bring me one first, for here's what the Lord says. And so the, the, the man of God, the, the prophet of God, and this widow woman and her son, they, they survived because God, he did a miracle on this woman's cupboard. You know, the Lord, years ago, I don't remember what year it was, but the Lord said, I want you to preach a message on re, the, the law of replenishment. Well, I never heard of the law of replenishment. But I got to look into the Word of God, and, I, you know, the Bible doesn't use the phrase the law of replenishment, but I thought, well, it makes sense to me. And it's like sometimes we don't realize just how miraculous God's moving is because He just replenishes it. And the Lord, you know, I... Now, let me say this with a disclaimer. I like Oreos. I don't want any. I'm on a quest to lose 30 pounds. And I've only got, like I said, I checked today, 31 more to go. <laughs> I'm still with 31 more to go. I don't need Oreos. But it's like the Lord showed it to me like this. He'll show it to you on your level. I guess I'm on a pretty low level. Because what would you rather have, a, a whole pantry full of Oreos or just two Oreos? And every time you took the two, that got replenished. Well, I'll take that. Even though it never looks like I have an overabundance, there's always something there. I think sometimes we miss God's supernatural vision because we're just looking for this overabundance. And God does that sometimes. But a lot of times he's just replacing what you used.
And it's always there. You always go back and it's there. Now, if you're like me, and I think a lot of people are, you, you would rather see the barrel full, overflowing. And God does do that. Don't misunderstand me. He does that. But at the same time, whether he does it that way or whether he just never lets you run out, you still got a supply. But this prophet had to be where God told him to be. He couldn't be over at his brother-in-law's house and the ravens bring flesh and bread over there. He could have told God, you know, my brother-in-law, I mean, he's got a nice house. He's got a man cave. We can go over there and got a lazy boy and we can watch sports and fly them ravens over here. I mean, God doesn't work that way. You do it his plan, his way, or there's no provision. And then when it dried up, he said, go to the widow woman. She didn't have anything, but go there anyway. She didn't have anything, but God was going to do a miracle. See, miracles flow inside the will of God. And a lot of people chase the miracles. They chase the supply instead of chasing the will of God. We had a guy in this church and uh, he was an older gentleman. When I say older, older than some people, but not old because he was just, you know, in his sixth late. I would guess him to be been in his late 60s, could have been early 70s, you know, and he came to church here and uh, he was really a good brother and was really connected in, loved us and, you know, faithful and all. But, you know, what, you know, always, uh, never, never problem, never an issue. But one day he, he, he was missing. And then he was missing. And then he was missing. And so I got to inquiring what happened to brother so-and-so. And I found out, you know, that he wanted a wife. Well, there's nothing wrong with wanting a wife if you don't have a wife. And, you know, he was older and had grown kids, you know, already. But, you know, I don't know what happened to his previous wife. I, I, I never, never knew. But, you know, I knew he was single. He wanted a wife. So he looked around our church and he, he didn't see anybody his age that he wanted. And, and back, back at this time, I think we had a few kind of close to his age. But I guess they just weren't what he was picking out. <laughs> he wanted to pick the best fruit. I guess he didn't feel like that was the best fruit. I don't know. But anyway... So I said, well, what happened to him? They said, well, he went to another church to try to find a wife. And then I found out he didn't just go to another church. He went to another city, went to Louisville to go to church. He lives in Evansville, but he's going to Louisville. I guess he found a big church over there with a lot of single women. Well, that went on. You know, I don't know. He was gone. I'm going to say three, four, could be five weeks. I don't know. It might have been six. And then he, all of a sudden he shows back up and he doesn't have a wife. It's like, he's back. He's back in the flock. And he stayed here until he went over to be with the Lord, you know, and was, was faithful and, and all. But I, I thought about that. I thought about, you know what? What if while he was gone, out of the will of God, God sent his wife here and he wasn't here? Now, I don't know if that happened or not. I, I don't have that kind of memory where I remember who all was visiting. But it's real possible that God sent her and he's gone. Well, why didn't God send her over to live up? Because God doesn't send things outside of his will. He sends them inside of his will. And so I thought, you know, brother, you might have missed your woman while you were gone looking for your woman. I mean, if Elijah went, would have went looking for provision, he would have missed provision because provision was at the brook. 
Amen. That might not be where he wanted to be. It might not where he thought provision would come to, but that's where God sent it. And wherever God sends it, he sends it in his will. He doesn't send it out of his will. It's amazing how sometimes if we're not careful, we chase things. You know, let me know we've all got good plans. Let me know that. Anybody ever had, anybody ever tried to help God figure this thing out? I remember the Lord was talking to me about marriage one time, about something I need to do in marriage. He was saying, you know, he said, uh, you know, when there's a rift in your marriage, you know, a, a break there in your marriage, he said, it's your responsibility as the man to reconcile that. I'm like, give me scripture. And the Lord took me to Ephesians where it was Christ who went after the church. Uh, he wouldn't know that scripture, wouldn't he? You know, the Father's talking, and the, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? And then you say, the Father, let me talk to Jesus. He's been down here. He knows how this works. Of course, he was never married, but he's been on, he was here, right? So, but you know, I, I, I just think a lot of times that, that we, we have our ideas, we have our plans. The, the book of Proverbs says there are many devices or thoughts or plans in a man's heart, but it's the counsel of the Lord that will stand. We need to get the counsel of God on things. Amen. This, you know, <clears throat> one, of the, one of the favorite Psalms is Psalm 23. How many know the Psalm 23? How many ever read Psalm 23? What's the first thing it says? I'm surprised you, that we have this illiterate of a church. <laughs> what is, what's the first thing it says? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now you have to ask yourself, am I letting the Lord shepherd me? What does that mean? I'm letting Him do the leading. See, when we do that, when we're in His plan, when we're in His will, how many of things just begin to come to pass? Don't they? I'm going to show you a few scriptures today. I'm not going to go long, but I'm going to show you a few. And you're going to get something out of this. Amen? Because, you know, <clears throat> it's real easy to start seeking after the provision instead of seeking the will of God. It doesn't matter where you're at on the earth. You know what? God's still there. How many know that? And how many believe that He is still big enough that He can, he, he can, he can, he can get, to, get you, get to you, excuse me, anything you need? We used to say He's not lost the recipe for manna. He still knows how to make it. He still knows how to provide. Hallelujah. I don't care. You know, I was, I was checking like yesterday. Phil said, find out where the coldest place on earth is right now. Because we were thinking it might have been Evansville. <laughs> <clears throat> and so we wanted to rule that out. Somebody needs to tell the weather people. It, 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 we're getting close to spring now. Let up. But, you know, I, uh, I checked it out, and it was someplace in Alaska. It was 26 below zero, you know, or something like that. And it uh, might have been Walla Walla or something. I think it was Walla Walla. We actually know a couple lives in Walla Walla, or they used to. I don't know if they're still there now. If I was them, I wouldn't be unless God put me there. But uh, nothing is Walla Walla. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just your cold weather, right? And so, you know, you, you, could, be, you could be there. I mean, oh, God is able to get you Lemons and oranges there. Amen. 
He, he's able to do it. So we have to see the, the psalmist said this. I love the psalmist on this. He said, commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he will bring it to pass. The, the little Hebrew goes, roll your way over on the Lord. Trust in him. He'll bring it to pass. Paul said it this way. He said, I know that he's able to keep that which I have committed. See, he doesn't keep what you haven't committed, but he keeps what you've committed to him. If you commit it to him, how many know he's able to bring it to pass? Amen. See, we just have to learn like the, like the, like the, the proverb says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Now, we have many thoughts, we have many plans, but how many know there's good plans and there's God plans? I remember, you know, back in the early 90s, as far as pastoring, I had pastored. I'd been associate pastor, but then once I resigned that, then we started to work in Heinberg, and then I went to more of a traveling ministry, trying to travel, and I was preaching places, but just not preaching enough. I mean, I was, I was busy, but could be busier. And so... Uh, I remember, you know, I, I, I decided I'm going to do what other people do. I'm going to get me a nice brochure, you know, good picture of me. I had hair in those days, so you could get a good picture of me. Praise the Lord. I'm thinking about getting hair again if Phyllis will let me. One of my pastor friends, he got some new hair, and so I was wondering if I could have his old one. But I saw him here. Here a while back, he's got, his hair's a little different. Phyllis said, what's a new one? I thought, I wonder what he did with his old one. <laughs> he's not using it, why can't I use it? You know what I'm saying? But anyway, I don't want his teeth. He's got false teeth too, but anyway. But, yeah. <laughs> it's like the guy's falling apart, you know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> and he's my age, look out. Thank God we have faith, amen, believe God. He said, preaches, I've been through two sets of hair and two sets of teeth being a pastor. But anyway, uh, where was I going before I got off on that? What was that? I, I, was, I, I thought, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make up my brochure. I had my brochure, you know. I had my cover letter. I had a CD and put it all in a package and mailed it out. I had several churches, you know. I had this list of different churches. I mailed it out to all those churches, you know, that, hey, I'm traveling now. and If you want me to come in, I'll come and speak for you. You know what? Zero called me. Zero. None of them. None of them. So I just went my way, serving God. You know, here's what I've learned. Just keep doing what's before you. And if God's got something else, he'll get it to you. Commit your way unto him, trust in him, and he'll bring it to pass. Now, that doesn't mean it's wrong to do those kind of things if God would lead you. But I just did it. God didn't really lead me. I just did it because other preachers do it, you know. And so I did it. You know, none of those churches called me. None of them. I went my way, kept doing what I was doing. I had no idea because I did this in about 1993, I think it was, or 92, somewhere around there. But I did not know in 95 and 94, God was going to say, I want you to pastor again. I didn't have any idea. I didn't think it would ever happen. There's CDs, not CDs. We didn't have CDs in those days. There's cassettes on there where I say on there, I will never pastor again. God has set me free. Thank God I'm free indeed. I, they're out there, you know, they're out. I'd like to buy them back right now, but they're out there. But, uh, you know, God knew something. He probably laughing the whole time. Ha, 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 we'll see. And so, you know, and he did. He called me to pastor in 94. I didn't answer that and didn't, didn't obey till didn't really fully do it until 95. 
again. But see, he already knew what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. So what I did, I just kept doing what I was doing. I just kept serving God, being faithful, doing whatever was before my hands to do, just doing whatever was available to do. I just kept doing that. And after some years, I went back to that list that I'd sent all those all that effort and all that money of trying to get them to have me in. I went back to that list. I looked at that. And this was years later. And I looked at those churches and said, you know what? I've preached in almost every church on this list. Almost every one of them has called me to come. But it was when God did it. When I committed it to him. He brought it to pass. Hallelujah. See, there's a lot of things I think, personally, we delay because we're working on it. Isn't that right? You ever work with somebody and they don't know what they're doing? And you just want to get them out of the way so we can get it done? That's the way God has to feel sometimes. I, I, you know, if you just get out of my way, I could do this for you. Amen. See, the most important thing, are, are you all with me this morning? The most important thing in our life is the will of God, right? It's, it's, not, it's not that we, you know, sometimes we think I, I can't live without this or I can't live without that. Well, the only thing you shouldn't be able to live without is Jesus, right? There's some things that sure is nice to have. I like it, but I can live without everything except Jesus and my Bible, I'm like Briscoe Darling. How many know who Briscoe Darling is? How many don't know who Briscoe, the majority of people don't know who Briscoe Darling is? We'll have to pray for you. <laughs> Briscoe Darling is a good old country boy from the hills on the Andy Griffith show. And every once in a while he comes back, he comes into town and stirs things up. And one day he came into town, and I don't remember why he was coming into town. I think they might have been looking for a wife for Charlene's little baby, or a husband for Charlene's little baby. Yeah, she had a little bitty baby, and they were already going to find a husband for it already, you know, and, and draw up the contract. So she had one when she grew up. And so he stayed at the hotel in town, and, you know, he told the, get, he told the clerk, he said, all I need, I don't need anything but a bed and a Bible. I kind of feel that way, so I don't know anything but a bed and a Bible. Well, let me know that there are things that people think they can't live without, but guess what? You need to commit it to God and let Him bring it to pass. Amen? All right. I'm not, I'm not getting much response. I'm either boring this morning or I don't know what I'm talking about. Go to John 11. Maybe this will help. Go to John 11. Provision follows the will of God. You have to be in the will of God. If you want God's best, get in His will and stay put. Right. Is that right? See, I, I was, uh, you know, sometimes we come up with our own ideas. I remember this was, this was some years ago. I was sitting in this board meeting with this church. And they had, they wanted, a, they wanted their pastor was going to leave. And they wanted, a, they wanted another pastor. So the head of the board called me and he talked to me about it and I'm sitting there in this meeting with them and they're talking about you know what kind of salary would you have to have and all this and all that and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I hear this 
the the pastor of the the pastor of the church he's still there he's he's not left yet but he want, he's wanting to go and so he's in this meeting too and he says some things you know and all of a sudden I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I hear this yeah, I'll say it the way God would say it. I remember when Elijah was in the cave God said what doest thou here Elijah I heard it I'm just sitting there in this meeting and this is looking good the church is paid for they got buildings they got a big congregation it's looking good they didn't bat an eye at any kind of money or anything. Everything's going, all, all you got to do, they say, is just come here, preach, teach, care for the flock. We take care of everything else. And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I hear this. Did I tell you to come here? I said, well, no. He said, what are you doing here? What doest thou here, Elijah? Well, no, it just sounded good. How many know the will of God's the best thing for your life? Amen. I want to show you something here in John 11. Are you there? God's will. Well, what's God's will for my life? Well, I don't know. God's got a, you know, I mean, He's got a general will for all of us. The general will, man, is to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these things will just be added unto you. you need just put God's will first, which is serve Him first. Amen. But then he'll get specific like with you at times, won't he? Like, I want you here. Amen. I'm here in Evansville, Indiana, because the Lord sent me to Evansville, Indiana. Actually sent me to Newburgh, Indiana, where we started our church in 1995. Actually, he told me to come in 94, and I didn't come until 95. And so I'm here. I'm not here because... I wanted, I wanted to be here. Six months, I wanted to go. For six months, I wanted to go home. The first six months I was here, all God would have to said was, just kidding. I went home because I was happy where we were at. Where we were at. But, but I'd rather have the will of God. I just found Miss Phyllis, her wonderful house. I've told you this story before. But, you know, we've had a place up on the hill out in the country, 40 trees, second highest place in the county. We sat up on a hill, back porch, sat there and just watched the thunderstorms come in. Porch was deep enough it didn't rain on you. She would come home with the nights and she'd go, or the, you know, the, the, uh, the evenings and come home and say, it's wonderful, it's wonderful, it's wonderful. She wasn't talking about me. <laughs> she was talking about her home. We'd only been there two years. Two years. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you know, actually it was less, it was about a year and a half when he, or a year when he spoke to me and said, I want you to, I want you to move. And I thought, you got to go tell Miss Wonderful, because I'm not responsible. <laughs> she remembers. I brought her to Newburgh one time, because I, I knew that's where God was telling us to start it at, you know. And I, I, I brought her to Newburgh, and just, we were just going on an outing, and I, I didn't tell her anything, I hadn't told her a thing about it. I brought her to Newburgh and took her out to eat, on, eat at the place that was called The Landing. I think it's called The Landing again now. And it's on the river, and you know, nice view and all. And, and, and I'm, just, I'm just, you know, just taking her around town. I go, how do you like this place? She goes, she didn't make it easy. She goes, I like Jasper better. I thought, well, this isn't going well. I didn't know it, but at the time, the Lord had already told her she already knew, but she just wasn't telling me. But here's what I found out, that the most, the, the most blessed place for you to be in your life is in the will of God. Hallelujah. Where God's planted you. Amen. You know, there are some people can't stay planted. 
I don't understand people. I want to stay planted where God put me. Oh, listen, there's always going to be opportunity to run and leave because you don't think the devil's going to leave you alone. We've, we've had people that God planted in this church that have left this church. Now, does that mean they're cursed or going to hell? No, it just means the, the, God's best was right here. We had a lady leave the church one time. I don't remember. She'd been here for years and years. And so Phyllis runs into her one day, and she's just saying, I just can't find a church. And I don't know whether you said this to her or you thought, oh, she was here. She came back. said, I just can't find the church. I think Phyllis said, we're a church. <laughs> what is wrong with you? What do you think this is? <laughs> and we, we, I, this is, I don't make this stuff up. I'm telling the truth. We ran into a lady here a while back. She used to come to this church, you know, and she was, she was faithful, worked here. Not a problem. Good, good person. And uh, so we're standing there talking to her, you know. And she says, she was telling us how this church saved her life physically, how the teaching here saved her, how she's alive today because of what she learned here. And then she says, I just can't find a church. I'm thinking, we're still open. How blind do you have to be not to know the will of God for your life? It's where the blessing flows. But, you know, I've learned a long time ago with, when people preach the word. Hallelujah. You find John yet? Help me know what I was going to say. Come on, you know what I was going to say. John 11, you know, people sometimes, they're just, I don't understand it. I mean, it's like she's telling us how, she told us, I'm alive today because of what I learned. I had a deadly disease that was going to kill me. And because of what I learned there, I was able to apply those truths and I'm alive today. And then she says, I just can't find another church. I'm like, well, that's what we are. We're still preaching the same thing. I don't know what, what your issue is, but, you know, whatever. Um, Get a clue. Get back in the will of God. Go to the brook, Elijah. Well, I want a wider brook. Well, do without. <laughs> because the provision's where God put it. Amen. Look, look in John 11, chap, chapter 11, verse number 7. It says, Then after that, saith he, Jesus, that's Jesus, to his disciples, Let's go again. In, let's, go to, let's go into Judea, Judea again. Now, now, the reason he's saying this is because he's just got news that Lazarus, his friend, is sick. And uh, he just got news of that. But he stayed two days before he left. Now, how many know Jesus stayed two days because he was led of God to stay two days, right? He, he said, whatever I do, I do because I see the Father. So Lazarus dies in those two days. And he says, Let, it's, it's time for us to go to Judea. Go back to Judea. Okay? His disciples, verse 8, said unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone you, and you go there again. In other words, the disciples thought, this isn't a good idea because they tried to kill you the last time you went there. And Jesus says something to them that if you don't decipher it, it, like, it doesn't relate. It doesn't make any sense. Jesus answered said, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If any man walk in a day, he stumbles not because he sees the light of this world. They're probably going, What does that have to do with anything? Okay, it's daylight. It's a good time to walk. What's that got to do with going to Judea? 
There's a spiritual truth there. Verse 10, but if a man walk in the night, he stumbles because there's no light in him. What does he say? He's making a spiritual point. When it's the will of God for you to be somewhere, it's light. It's the light. If you do it on your own, you're in darkness because there's no light in you and what you do. You don't have the light in you except for God. So if you just plan it out, it's darkness that you're walking in. But if God said it, it's light. Amen. In other words, he's simply saying this, the safest place, I know the Jews of late sought to stone me, but the safest place for me to be is in the will of God. And anyone will say, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to wake Lazarus up. See? See, that was the plan of God. So if God is sending you to Judea, it doesn't matter what it looks like. That's the best place for you to be. That's where provision is going to flow. I heard a guy say this, he said years ago, he said, I went on the mission field, you know, with this experienced missionary. You get with those experienced guys and you get into some things sometimes, you know. And he said, I went with this experienced missionary and we're there. And he said, we're in this village and all of a sudden gunfire, bullets start hitting the building we're at. Things are going on, you know, and he said, you know, people are freaking out. He said, this missionary, this older missionary, he calls us all in here. He says, are you supposed to be here? Because if you're not, you better go home. <laughs> Did God call you to come here? And the, yeah, God calls come. He said, then this is the safest place you can possibly be right here in the will of God. That was really, that was a lot of wisdom. He's like, if you don't, if you came here just on your own. You probably better go home because this is getting real dangerous. But if God called you here, the best place you can possibly be right now is right here in the will of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Right here in the plan. Why? Because that's where, that's where the provision's at. It's in the plan of God. It's in the will of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's in the will of God. When we came down here to start this church, we were in the will of God. We didn't have any provision, really. I mean, we didn't have any money, but we didn't. But God, God somehow, He somehow got it done. Amen. All through it, we ate. We had a place to stay. We had money. We had vehicles. We had everything we had before. We had it all before, but but we didn't have the we didn't have the income we had before. But we had everything we had before because it's the safest place to be. It's the best place to be. Provision flows. Where the will of God is. Amen. Amen. One more scripture. You get anything today? Mark, no, Matthew chapter 14. Go there. Matthew 14. I was reading this scripture in Matthew 14 one day and I saw something I, many years ago, back in the 1980s, and I, I saw something I want to show you out of this. Matthew 14. Matthew 14. It's, it's easy to get caught up thinking you have to help God. Let me tell you what you need to do. You need to just stay faithful to Him, to the house of God. Just do whatever's before you. I'm going to tell you, everything that can be done in church, I've pretty much done it or did it. I have uh, been the uh, maintenance guy. I have been taught the youth. I've taught the children. I've uh, ran the sound. I've led the praise and worship. Well, that's an experience that you all need to have sometime. I just want you to know. Just, 
I'll just move the team out of the way, and one Sunday morning, it'll just be me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm sure we'll have revival. <laughs> Not. But, you know, I looked around one day, and there's nobody to do praise and worship, so I grab a guitar, and, you know, here we go. Praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, so I, I've, done, I've done about everything. I think I was saying that one time, and Jackie, I said, I've done everything but the nursery. And Jackie said, we can fix that for you, Pastor. <laughs> but that is one fix I don't want, you know. So I've pretty much done it all, you know, because when I first got started, you know what I found? I just did whatever came to my hand. I wasn't picky. If the church needed it done, I did it. I remember at the first church, man, I started out. I didn't start out in the pulpit. I started out doing things around the church, helping. We were building the church at the time, working on that, building church. I cooked breakfast for the guys. That was an experience. Praise the Lord. Uh, that they'll never forget the biscuits I made set up in their heart, set up in their stomachs like bricks. And they were all, Ugh. I don't know what I did wrong, but they didn't turn out right. But, you know, and, and then I, I started I started doing a children's church and and then I did youth. And and, you know, I did some of the maintenance. You know, I found out people flush things down toilets. You should not flush down toilets. You know, when you have to take them up and get them all cleaned out. Well, we won't go there. But anyway. You know, so I've done everything. Well, the thing of it is, that's when God needs to find you, that's who he's going to look for. See, when I talk about what I did as a traveling minister, you know, and I sent out all those letters and all that. Well, you know, that was my idea. It wasn't God's idea. God had another idea. But I was busy. I was doing things. I was teaching. I was helping. I was preaching wherever the doors were open. Anything. Anything. Amen. Because well, I got a pulpit ministry. Well, there's plenty of people to preach to. Amen. And you know, you find out a lot of the, the big name preachers that are really genuine. That's the way they started out. Yeah, I've heard them talk. We started out preaching the gospel on the beaches and in the city streets and so forth. Well, how I many know that's a pulpit, amen? Brother Hagin said he started out preaching to the cabbage heads. He said, I'm convinced I still am sometimes. There's no response. <laughs> so I didn't get any response out of those cows or cabbage heads, you know. Well, that's, that's the truth. See, when we find ourselves in the will of God for our lives, that's when provision can come. Amen. Amen. Now here in Matthew, look at this. Let me find my glasses. Matthew chapter 14. And this is a story about Jesus. And it said in verse 22, it says, and, and uh, he's with his disciples in the multitudes. And it says, and straightway, verse 22, Matthew 14, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. So he's sending his disciples off to the other side of the lake. And he's, he's sending the multitudes away too, and they're leaving. And verse 23 says, And when he sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when, he was, when evening was come, he was, he was there alone. Now, I was reading that one day, and, and I realized this. Jesus, you know, Jesus did what he did because he was led to do it. Yeah. He said, I only say what my father says. I only do what my father does. So he needed to be alone in prayer here. All right? 
So he sends his disciples away. He sends the multitudes away. And I'm reading this. I, we're, I'm going to preach somewhere on a Sunday morning. And, and Phyllis was driving because I wanted to meditate the word for this service we were heading to. And I'm reading, I'm meditating this. I'm sitting over in her passion. I'm meditating this. And all of a sudden, it dawns on me that Jesus just sent his right away. He just sent his transportation away. He's going to go to the other side of the lake. He sent his disciples on the other side of the lake. But he sent his, he sent, he sent his transportation away. And I thought every good preacher knows Make sure you have a ride after church in case you make people mad. <laughs> you have to have an escape route. So there's always a plan in your mind. If I have to get out of here in a hurry, I know which way to go. See me, I know go out that door, go through the kids' room, go out the side door, and you're gone. Praise God. <laughs> so it's in there. But verse 24 says, But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, Tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. So they're out there struggling, his disciples are. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. It hit me, it hit me, Ellen, when I saw that. You know what? He, he expected, because he was in the will of God, that when it was time for him to get to the other side of the sea, something would be there. Something would be there. Because he's in the will of God. God always makes provision for you when you're in his will. But when he gets to the lake, there's nothing there. So there's only one thing to do. Walk on the water. And it's like the Lord was saying, if you want to see the miraculous son, put yourself in a place in my will and watch me do what nobody else can do. It was a revelation to me. I mean, it's not, I can tell, I can tell it's just overwhelming you this morning too. But it was a revelation to me that if I just do what God said do, I don't have to be concerned with the rest of it. He'll take care of the rest. Amen. 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 And if I just do, if I do what He said, see, you could say, well, you know, if the Lord calls us to build a new building, if He calls us to do that, I don't have to sit up and fret and worry about that. All I got to do is just do what He said do, and He'll take care of the rest. It's kind of like Brother Hagin said years ago, I heard him say this. He said, you know, he, he, you know, Raymond, the campus and all that built up and was big now. And he said he had a minister with him. And he said, we're riding around. And I'm showing all the campuses, all, all the campus and all that we do. And he said, this minister said to him, he said, boy, you must have a weight on your shoulders with all this. Brother Hagin said, I don't have a care in the world. He said, I didn't want to do this to start with. He said, God said, do it. He said, if it all shut down tomorrow, I'd be happy. Because I didn't want to do it anyway. I'd rather just go out and preach and hold meetings. He said, it's all cast over on the Lord. Amen. See, that's the revelation. If I'm in the will of God, provisions flowing to me. Hallelujah. That doesn't mean we don't ever have struggles. We don't ever have issues. You're going to get challenges, of course. But God will always come through for you. Amen. Hallelujah. He'll always bail you out. Praise God. Amen. He'll always bring that provision to you. Praise God. But you've got to find yourself planted in His will. Well, what's His will, Pastor? Well, I, I can't tell you everything about your life, but I can tell you this. that, Like I said earlier, His first will is seek first the kingdom of God 
and His righteousness, just go after Him with all your heart, and you're going to find yourself in the middle of the will of God. Amen. You know, God will get you in His will, and you don't even know He's doing it. You know, I told you about the house that Phyllis called Wonderful. Well, I remember how we came across that house. I'll close with this. It was the will of God, and I didn't even know God was leading me. I didn't even know it. I just, I just arrived there, you know, and then you, want to, then you get a good testimony, but you didn't do any of it, you know what I'm saying? God did it all. But I remember, you know, we sold our house in town you know, because, you know, it was, a divine, it was a divine revelation to sell our house in town. We had a house in town, you know, and, uh, you know, I was out with some friends one day and uh, we were just talking. I said, you know what? I think I'm going to go home and sell my house. They said, you're going to sell your house? I said, yeah, I don't know. I said, something hit me. I think I'm going to go home and sell the house. I said, you serious? Yes. Yeah. I got home, and when I got in the mailbox, there was, a, there was a letter in there, a flyer or something, and it was from a realtor lady in the area. He said, if you need any help with your house selling it, call me. I thought, okay, I'll call you. I mean, I don't know about you, but I thought, that, you know, that's a pretty good sign, you know? So I called her, and she said, well, I think I got somebody who wants your house already. I said, fine. So we, I said, come over, you know, Monday, we'll do the thing, and then you can list it Tuesday. She listed Tuesday and sold it Thursday. So now we need a house. So we're looking. We can't find a place. So I remember us praying, grabbing hands and praying and agreeing that God was going to lead us, you know, to the right place for us, you know. And nothing showed up yet, you know, and I'm just, it's, uh, we call it supper time. Anybody country enough to know what supper is? Yeah. Dinner doesn't work for me. Dinner's too formal. We don't dress for dinner. We where our sweats for supper. Anyway, <laughs> now if we have to dress, it, well, it's, it's dinner, okay? But otherwise, it's just supper, you know. So, you know, it's after supper, and I'm thinking, you know, you know what, I think I'll go get a paper, you know. This was before, you know, internet and all that. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go get a paper and just look at the one ads once again. You know, I looked at them, I don't know how many times, you know, over and over. And I think, well, I'm going to go get it again. It was just God leading. I didn't, I didn't realize, and I thought, well, I'm going to go down the highway. We're going out towards Potoka Lake. I'm going to go out on the highway, and I drove down that way. I just felt this. I'm going to go up this hill. And I thought, well, I've never been up there before. I'll drive up there. When I drove up there, there was a house up there on the hill that said for rent, and there were people sitting on the front deck. So I went by it and turned around pulled back in, and I said, uh, you, you got this house for rent? And they looked at me, because you have to know, I won't, I won't name the particular race of people they are, or country. I said, should say country they are from, but they're very reserved, very, you know, and they, you know, and they looked at me like, who are you? What kind of idiot are you? And I said, you know, I'm looking to, to, to buy a house. And they said, well, this house is for rent. We're waiting here for someone to come and rent it, but they haven't shown up. I said, can I see it? And they looked at me like, I don't think so. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take you to my house right now and show you how I live. You can get in a vehicle with me. I'll take you to my house unannounced, see how I treat a house. When I said that, it broke the I said, well, come on in then. So we walked in. When I walked in the house, the Lord said to me, I heard this in my spirit. So this is your house. This is yours. So I turned to the guy and said, you know, I don't want to rent this house. I want to buy this house. Oh, no, it's not for sale. It's been in the family for years. It's not for sale. Well, the Lord says my house. So two weeks later, I bought it. Praise the Lord. But it was just super nice. See, God will lead you. If you just submit to Him, He'll just lead you. You don't even know He's leading you. You'll just be in the right place at the right time. Amen. 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 Are you with me now? Amen. Come on, did you get anything today? So, so, once again, provision follows the will of God. 
Just be concerned about the will of God. Just be planted in the will of God, and God will get it to you. Hallelujah. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.